Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning into Kafaru Cast. It has been a long time since I've actually done a podcast, but I have got my main men's, um, David D. Austin and Frank Pimp Daddy Peralta at the, on the mic with me. Cue the applause. Um, bam. <laughs> uh, we got a new panel thing here. I don't know how to use it. I, uh, I have not been working much lately. I've been, um, elk hunting and then you guys were elk hunting as well. well i say you guys i guess david you got screwed frank was elk hunting although you did get to go yeah i've been uh i've been elk hunting in utah and in colorado gotcha frank how'd your elk hunt turn out elk hunting was awesome man it was definitely not an otc unit for sure <laughs> it was some pretty cool action i didn't know i think we said this last week but i didn't know uh units like that existed i've only heard of the stories, the myths, yeah. and it was uh, definitely lived up to its reputation, I think. Yeah, twenty twenty thousand $20,000 landowner, or not landowner tags, uh, the Hill Ranch and the Ponce, like different areas are like that, but South posted something the other day. He, he had a landowner tag for a decent unit that um, he hopes that he'll get to see rut activity like that again from whatever he you know, saw it and, and I've gotten to see it on public land, but it's usually once every season or every other season where you just see this crazy ass rut activity. I have not gotten to see that yet this year. Um, I'd say our, our rut activity was pretty crazy the first night and first morning, but the actual rut activity wasn't, it wasn't like hammering every day, but we did see a lot of elk. Like yeah. we were saying on that, that one morning we were on this one ridge that had a bunch of fingers coming off of it. And every single one of those fingers had a group of cows and at least one bull with them. Yeah. But as far as rut activity goes, I don't think they were like hammering all the whole time. Yeah, but just the numbers gear. were insane. Yeah. Weird gear in general. I've had multiple, well, I say multiple. I've done two podcasts on um, that people have asked me to be on about rough elk seasons and how to like adapt or whatever. Um I can't really complain about my season so far. It's not what I thought it was going to be as far as rut activity, but that's just part of it. But we've been in, into elk a lot, so I, I have nothing to to complain about. But it has been a weird, weird year calling, you know, like what you would normally expect an elk to do when you call. They're not doing what they should be doing, which is fucking irritating. Um, <laughs> it's been strange. Um, but we, we went in, uh, my buddy, Cody and I, which is actually what we're going to talk about today, was what, what's been going on on my season a little bit more so far. Um, and Cody and I went in the day before season, and, uh, you know, we, we we backpacked in. We had relatively, I mean, the first calling sequence we had, we, we called in a four-by-three um, when he and I called together. That was actually, that was the second day. The first day I was on my own, we split up and I, I had a cow and a, a raghorn in front of me and a big bull come in from behind me and they were super close. So, you know, the first two or three days we had a lot of elk coming in and um, it kind of petered out towards the end. They stopped calling. So we were scaring them more than we were because we weren't calling them in. We were, you know, walking around trying to find them. So we, we jumped areas and we went to uh, an area that was about 45 minutes away and it was, it was funny. We kind of, we started at tree line and worked our way down. And, um, by the time it was said and done, uh, we were like 420 yards from a road. <laughs> I was like, uh, this is funny, but we were in elk really good. Cody shot a bear. Um, 
Uh, I'd passed out a spike, tried to run me over, passed up a couple, a couple other bulls. Cody went to full draw on a giant, giant bull um, in these willows. And so we thought it was going to just be lights out. We called in that morning. We probably had seven different bulls around us. And the next day, everything went to shit. It was like silent. No, no calling. Um, you know, and it was kind of off and on like that the whole, you know, year. So we, we came out after that first few days and then um, the blizzard hit after. Were you in the woods when the... Uh, we actually like got off the mountain because uh, we heard that storm was coming in and we just ended up, uh, you know, taking shelter in town for the day. Yeah, we weren't that smart. We hiked in right in the thick of things. It sucked. <laughs> that was a nasty storm, man. Where I was deer hunting, they, they got like three feet up high. Oh, good Lord. So I, I came out the day before, the day, two days before that happened. Yeah, we, we hiked in. It was snowing when we went in during that storm. And my kind of thought process was um, we'd be able to track them for one. Uh, and two, once the storm left, they would light up. I was wrong. They did not. They did not light up, and and it was weird. So, uh, Cody did get a shot at a a five by six. I think it was forty yards, but he hit. It was funny. His launcher was frozen to his riser. That bow sounded like like popping and cracking because everything was froze together. It was eleven degrees, um, and we had called these bulls in, and and they went right because the wind was blowing like high left to low right, and wind switched and blew low right to high left, and they circled all the way around us, and I I. Literally, when I saw Cody draw his bow, I'm like, man, I don't think it, his rest had half an inch of ice on it. <laughs> and uh, I went to draw on one later that day, and there was so much ice on my uh, arrow, it pulled it off my string because there was big chunks of, of ice. I melted my water bot, my Nalgene, trying to warm it up because it was frozen <laughs> solid. Um, but we were tracking elk. What was weird is uh, we'd get close to them. We got 45 yards from a herd, and... Um, I thought there was one decent bull and there was spikes and cows and, and there was one raghorn, but I thought there was one pretty decent bull. I told Cody, I said, dude, you should be able to hit it from here. Let me see if I can get him to stand up. And I cow called and obviously I'm a shitty cow caller cause they all, they didn't run. They didn't, they just all picked up and kind of walked off up and around us to wind us. And I'm like, dude, we're going to have to, to run. And we were not fast enough through the eight inches of snow to get around them. They, they blew out, um, which is, you know, this is over the course of several days we'd, we'd been in there. I don't know how many. I don't know. What's today? So today's the 28th. I bet you I've only been, I've been in the field 20 days, 22 days, and not at work very much or home. And uh, I had kind of set my goal on shooting a bigger elk than the last one I shot with my stick bow. And I'm failing at that right now. It's not not good. And, and uh, I'm kind of regretting I'm not a good trophy hunter, and I am kind of kicking myself in the ass passing up a couple of the different bulls i had that one with mike hearn mike came out and called and you know we got right back in called the herd to camp 65 yards from our bivy camp uh just blind shit house luck they were below us and uh, they ended up winding us because of how the wind was going but we um you know it was lights out that night the next morning called in mike had a bull it's probably 363 big big bull coming in front of us and it crossed right above us with its cows. It kept circling them up and bringing them, and Mike would call it in. And there was a five-by-three that Mike called out of the group, and it came right down. And Mike didn't know. It was literally like 14 yards from me for five minutes. Kept looking down at Mike, waiting for something to pop out. And he'd look over at me, and I'm like counting on my fingers and toes like, okay, I've got, you know, 10, 12 days left of season. It's about to go 
like lights out and just you know just go ape shit on the mountain and we didn't hear another bugle the next day nothing mm. and uh i'm like man i don't know maybe I, i'm a horrible trophy hunter anyway <laughs> right like passing shit up is not my thing and anyway it's been like that most of the year it's been kind of weird like have one we got you know bull one bull just screaming his head off on his own in the middle of the afternoon one you'd think you'd kill and we'd sneak in and, and get like sub 80 yards and call and he would just walk off keep bugling and wouldn't get no 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 aggression whatsoever so we had a multiple encounters like that and i don't know just different year were you cow calling or uh bugling or what both so it's any they say you get into that sub 80 yards and bugle they come running well we did that three times and they did not finally cody's like and fuck that bugle let's go cow (laughs) call right i'm like dude it ain't working because we literally like textbook set up we saw the bull and he was like um you know, 280, 300, the kind of bull that'll definitely come to steal a cow from another, you know, that, I guess what I'm getting at is if you get a giant bull and you see it, he's probably got cows with him, probably not going to call him away from those cows. But when you spot a, a lone bull of that caliber screaming his head off, high probability cow calls will bring him in. We had one like that it, and it hard to tell, but they're, you know, on a ridge line, he was down on the ridge and then the ridge kind of circled and made this bowl and the wind was blowing up. So I kind of got back. Anyway, Cody got on the ridge. I was probably 85 to 100 yards from the bull across. So we knew he'd round that rim right to Cody. I cow called. He, you know, fired off back. Cow called again, came closer. He bugled three or four times, wouldn't move, stayed there. And I'm like, well, I'll just let out a, a bugle. Next time we heard him, he's 150 yards farther away. <laughs> Tired of getting his butt kicked. Oh, well, that's what I told Cody. I said, man, I bet he's just a... Just a bull that's got his ass whooped, and I'm. And he, I, he, I was like, I didn't sound aggressive when I when I bugled. He's like, he probably doesn't give a shit. He's probably done. Fight. He doesn't want to fight anymore. Anyway, we a lot of. I'm not gonna tell every story like that. Uh, you know, whatever that we had like that. But um, what was interesting is when I was coming out. You know, I'm I'm, I'm hiking up to tree line back to. I'm kind of like Eeyore, you know, waddling my ass up this steep ass climb. Like fuck, I can't believe and you know how the season's gone and um i crossed up over the top and there was like i don't know four five six seven different bulls screaming their heads off and it was the most comical goofy wind swirling like crazy and i'm right i just walked in the middle of them and it's in timber and there's i mean a, a bull and a cow about ran me over i got my backpack strap stuck on that watch of mine so i'm all (laughs) crippled up right trying to flip my thing off and not make noise and there's one bull that it sounds like he's multiple because he's just running around screaming but the wind's swirling really bad and i'm like man i I don't know that it's smart for me to even call but i wasn't but a mile from the truck so i i'm I'm, i shifted way right got out of the group dropped my kit off everything like tent and everything to run to the truck to grab i was out of food I hadn't, I hadn't eaten in probably 12, 14 hours. It was a long time for me. Hauled ass to the truck, grabbed fruit, grabbed water, went back in there, didn't hear another bugle. And I'm like, huh, I don't know if they winded me and got out of there because the wind was swirling so bad. But I'm going to head back in. I got, well, Tuesday and Wednesday, so I'm going to head back in tonight and see what happens. Hopefully I'll I'll get one. My um my standards have gone down significantly Um I'm not gonna pass up anything else. So, <laughs> shoot one of those nice tender young yearling calves. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, what do you guys think about the uh, later start to archery this year? 
I personally was not a fan. I for deer, I don't I don't really like you know elk. I don't really give too much of a shit, but for for deer, I just it's not good. Yeah, I th- I think the combination of it seemed to be pretty dry up high, at least where I was at. So there was a lot less water. The grass was pretty yellow as soon as I got in there, and, uh, and most of the deer were hanging right on the timberline there. So it was, it was pretty tough getting in on them. So I think. For me, I didn't really like it, but I've never really hunted them any earlier than the previous years. I guess in, in Utah, it starts in like August 15th, doesn't it? Yeah, this year it was on the 15th. Usually it's around the 18th or 20th, but yeah, this year I thought for sure I was going to get a velvet bull and uh, I didn't even see an elk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I had elk on my trail camera all summer up to about, I don't know, four or five days before the season. And I had some kid came in and found my spot and was, was, you know, trying to check my trail camera, just like hanging out in the area, hiking up and down all the way up until the day before the hunt opened. And I'm just like thinking, man, you know, glass from afar, if you want to, you want to check the area out a week before season starts, don't, don't be walking through. Mm. Yeah. It, it's, um, it's interesting. Um, the OTC and and I'm in a draw unit. It's not a, a high point draw unit, but um, it only takes a point or two or whatever. But uh, public land in general, is, it's very. I, I think people that have not hunted it before, when they come out west, or or are sometimes not always, but sometimes in for an eye opener. Sometimes you get lucky and you you find one of those honey holes and happenstance run into elk. But it's pretty freaking populated in Colorado. Like it it's. Um, I saw more hunters this year in the woods than I had in in a in an area you know that I've hunted off and on for a while. It's there was a lot of people, um, and that's a draw area, like over the counter. Good God, it's bad. Did you have anybody back there when you went back in deer hunting? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, first week I saw actually a lot of hikers more than anything. And where I go, it's off. It's it's a, it's not necessarily a, a a main trail that people hit a lot. And it just is it like this special place? My happy place. (laughs) Yeah, no, I saw a lot of hikers. um, And since the deer were kind of sitting on that timber line, they were, it was kind of similar to where you hunted last year for deer with, you know, the spot where they bed below the cliffs. Well, they were the same scenario where I was at. There was right below a trail. There's a big cliff that they were bedding down below and actually in a pretty good spot. And I was waiting for them to hit their final bedding spot. And right when that happened, like middle of the week, some lady comes walking down the trail by herself, like a backpacker. <laughs> I'm like, God, they fucking blew out of there. But, um, yeah, I, I, I saw a, a guy It actually worked out for me for that bear. I was moving, I was moving basins to a different spot and I was on, on a trail and a guy comes up on it with two mules and, uh, he's like, ah, man, the fucking hunting sucks this year. Nothing but bears. These two bears are bugging me. Um, back in the space and i'm like when was that yesterday he's like no like 30 minutes ago i was like oh shit i got a bear tag he's like well where's your rifle at and i was like it's in camp it's back here like two miles he's like you should haul ass and go grab it and uh and go shoot this bear so i happened to do that i ran back to camp got my orange got my rifle and went back up and that bear was in a scree filled flipping rocks but and i shot it but um yeah deer hunting was no bueno this year for me i actually missed one opening day first morning um, just didn't have time to range it. There was, it was with another buck and it was like the, the one buck was at 35 yards and I had him, like I could have shot the smaller buck. He was standing there looking at me and I had time to range it and I knew the other buck was with him. Well, that other buck walked out behind him 
into an opening. I guessed, I think I guessed him for like 40 yards. He ended up being like, I don't know, 55, something like yeah. that and shot right underneath him. And he's a uh, good buck though. Oh, I was a really good buck. He was a, yeah. a big three by four. And that was the best buck I saw the whole time. But <clears throat> that same day, there were nine other bucks up in this, up on this knife edge ridge. And I have video of it on the GoPro. It came out like shit though. And I was, it's kind of the same thing that happened to you. I was trying to get my uh, bino harness off and I forgot I had the GoPro on my head <laughs> and it like rubbed up against it and they all stood up and they were like looking at me, but I have footage and they all walked out and I had a, a pretty nice wide four pointer, but he had really small forks um, at 40 yards and I thought about it for a while and then I let him, I let him go, I passed on it and uh, that was about all the action I had for that whole time. So I was like kicking myself, you know, it's like the, the standard hunter cliche or whatever statement, don't pass what you would on on the first Don't day. Pass something on the first day you wouldn't kill on the last. Believe yeah. me, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. <laughs> yeah. So not only did I miss one opening day, but I passed up a, a basically a chip shot, forty yard, slightly quarter away, not paying attention, four pointer, and uh that was it. So we say it all the time, you either gotta capitalize on your opportunities or not pass up opportunities, and that's what happened to me. Like well, I had a few people, whether they're, you know, haters or 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 just curious, like um you know, what would you do if you didn't have all this time off? And I'm like, well, I would have shot the four by three the yeah. first day and at nine yards. I'm, I, I, that's the thing. I, I think this year, as you know, I, I, I canceled the mule deer hunt with you to focus, try to shoot a big elk. And I, I had gotten in my mind, like, I just wanted to shoot one bigger than the, well, the only other elk I've shot with a stick bow, but the, the one other time I hunted was in 16. I would have bet any amount of money that I would have had one on the ground by now. And the, I've hunted this area. I've hunted elk a lot and mother nature has a way of just sticking it in and breaking it off. Cause like everything that like even winds are different this year, like that, you know, usually there's predominant, uh, prevailing thermals and winds are, um, the same in certain spots. They're not the same this year. It's, and, and I'm not saying like, you know, global warming, but I mean, shit has been different. Fucking and Al Gore. <laughs> you know, shit's probably Trump's fault. Um, but, uh, I, I literally, I mean, it was, it was one of those deals. Like I would shoot a spike without blinking an eye normally or, or a cow or whatever. And, um, in over the counter units and in this unit, like I said, it's, it takes a point or two. And Cody was funny cause he knows how I get blood hungry. And we had, um, well, we had a, a four by five literally come from me to you and he's watching from above me and it's just sitting there with his tongue hanging out <laughs> breathing. And I'm sure Cody's like, shoot this motherfucker. What are you doing? And it walked off and I was like, man, I really want to try and shoot a big one. Cody didn't think, like, yeah, whatever, you know. And then I had a spike commit suicide. It was funny. He was cow calling like 10 yards behind me. And he was buried up in a willow. And this spike keeps coming, coming. And he gets from like me to Frank. And I can hear Cody go, shoot. <laughs> and, I, and he just walked walked off. So I've had, a, I cannot complain. I've had a lot of good opportunities with sub 20 yard, I mean, some sub 10 yard elk and Looking back now, I'm not ever going to do this shit again. And I'm not complaining. I, I mean, I've got the time off, but I'm just not a trophy hunter. It's just not me. I don't, it's like somebody stabbing my soul every time an animal walks away. I'm like, what am I doing? This isn't me, but it's good, good for the, it's good to take an ass whooping. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard though to, to do that on the, just right at the beginning of the hunt. Cause you know, there's fuck, there's big elk in there or in my case, yeah. there's some big deer around. It's hard to, it's hard to, uh, to shoot something and if you know there's something possibly bigger that's and just I, that the allure of hunting i guess right i like hunting too as part of it you know where chad brought up um he's like well if you shoot one of those what are you going to do and i'm like oh, i'll find other hunts to go on you know but 
it is, it is, I like being out there, but I also like eating elk. And at this point I got two and a half days to shoot something, but I guess if it, it's kind of like that mule deer hunt last year, I'll definitely have got my money's worth no matter what I shoot. Cause I've got some serious hunting in. I don't, how many days have I been out there? 20 something. Quite a bit. A lot. I haven't been working a whole lot. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> that snowstorm, though, I wonder how many people donated 600 bucks to the state of Colorado because uh, of that snowstorm. That, that kicked shit out of some people. I know some people that turned in muzzleloader tags because of it, or at least for deer. Yeah. But it was before muzzleloader season. It was the week before, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, just a few days before. It was... Uh, it was it was fucking cold. Um, like I uh, I had a Hilleberg Acto, which is little for me to with all my shit. And uh, Cody had an Onion, and like we were beating snow off of it, freak like it was piled up around. You know, there was some condensation on the inside because I buttoned it up tight. I didn't want any ventilation. I wanted to be fucking warm. But we'd get up in the morning. I'd have three inches of snow frozen to my boot. Boot laces are solid, uh, and it was it was just you know. I told Cody, I said, "Dude, I got to move. Like I can't. I I get out of the sack. Like I got to go." And we, you know, when, like walking wise, my my beard would just be a frozen solid iceberg where I'm trying to pick shit out of it. <laughs> and there was a burn ban, uh, so you're not supposed to technically build a fire at that time, which was crazy. Um, not to say I did, but if I had. I may have melted my water bottle, uh, which became a problem because we had to patch it up with my AirPad patch kit. Because it was, did it work? Yeah, yeah. It oh did. shit! Uh, I didn't think you could burn these when they had water in them, dude. I uh, let me pull up a photo. Um, my the problem was is everything was frozen, all the water. Right, the one time I carved holes in that elk wall, so we got water out of that, but. I hadn't drank water in like seven hours. My shit was frozen solid. And I was trying to put it in my body to warm it up. Well, like a trickle would come out and uh, it got to the point where I'm like, okay, I got to, I got to drink some, I got to drink some water. See my shit, it grew a fupa. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it was crazy. But Cody, Cody shot a bear. That was us hiking in. Yeah, it was starting to come down. Cody shot that bear. It was funny. He, uh, he came down. He said, man, I, I think I hit it good. I can't find it. And I was like, well, we can, you know, there's elk coming in to me when he came down to let me know he shot the bear. I had a bull coming in. And I'm like, well, how certain are you hit it good? And he's like, ah. And I said, well, fuck, just find it in the morning. Well, he messaged me. He's like, hey, I, I found it. Well, he told me it was a 150-pound bear, which is not a, a big bear. So he told me where he was at. And uh, I think the first thing I said is, dude, you must have a 12-inch cock because uh, <laughs> that fucking bear, he misjudged it by about 100 pounds. I'm like, dude, that is not a 150-pound bear. He's like, you don't think? And I said, I know. it is. That is big, dude. And uh, it was a boar. Um, he's like, how big do you think it is? And I'm like, it's 250. I mean, it's it's big. It had a big old dome on it. And uh, he he smoked it. I mean, he, he hit it good. He thought he hit it high, but he actually hit it really well. And the meat was all still good. Um but he had that striker and his gear. And so I was like, hey, dude, just throw all the meat in my my, my pack. Right? It's be, it'll be quicker. Dude, it's 80-some pounds of meat. And well, Now, we didn't bone it out. We just threw four quarters in and, and uh, back straps and everything. And I had a hoodlum. And we got that thing loaded up. And um, my speed doesn't change. I don't walk overly fast to begin with, but the weight didn't matter. And I could hear... Cody, a couple motherfuckers coming out because he said, you go ahead and lead and then I'll just follow you. And I wanted to get that weight off my, my back. Um, 
we got to camp and, and luckily that was the, um, 412 yard to the road campsite. So we just shot straight up the hill, dropped the packs off and then hiked the three miles down the road to get the vehicles to, to get it out and went and got it <laughs> checked in. But yeah, it was a good bear though. Cinnamon color or whatever. Yeah, it was a good looking bear. Yeah. Kind of depressing how much meat comes off a bear compared to a deer or an elk. Just, just not that much. No, there's, there's not. That's why I was telling him how big it, cause he, we got quite a bit of meat off of it. I'm like, dude, it's, it's a good bear, but it was, a cow ran in front of him, just screamed, and he was like, what was it, thought I was a lost calf? And then out comes this bear. I'm sure the cow smelled the bear, and the bear walks right in the middle of the field. What freaked him out, he shot it at 18 yards, ran out to 35 and stood there. Like that one that charged me, it just stood there kind of popping its teeth with a hole in it. And Cody was like, dude, I shit my fucking pants. He's like, he's like, I'm trying to reload an arrow, and the bear's just sitting there snapping its teeth at me. And I was like, yeah. Probably, you know, probably didn't know where you were. They, they can't see overly well to begin with. And then it went down the trail. But Damn. yeah, we ran into a lot of ran into a guy in a ground blind, um, scared the fuck out of me. I'm walking down the trail and I was <clears throat> jump back and there's some dude waving at me out of a ground blind. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, you packed that thing in a ways, didn't you? And you know what I could smell? You know, that elk fire yeah. the spray. It smells kind of like an elk, but it doesn't smell like an elk. Well, I was, I kept, I'm like, is that a moose? Like, what the hell is that? It kind of smells. And well, he had that shit sprayed everywhere. Um, and they had wicks hanging outside of the, the, the blind. So it, it must've been covered in elk fire. Knowing that he was there now though, we had to give him the day of his life. Cause we called in three herds down right through where he was at. Um, the ridgeline that morning it was funny. We didn't hear a peep. We started cold calling and then the, started to light up the world and we had bulls coming in from all different directions it was weird that was earlier in the season and then it went kind of downhill from there so weird man yeah it's fucking elk you got yeah have you guys gotten any um like major gear questions about anything as far especially with the storm or anything like that not that i can think of really i think people are pretty curious about being able to use wood burning stoves during the fire ban which I can only assume is the answer would be no. If a spark um, arrestor, you technically can. Oh, you can? Okay. Yeah, I just told people if they had questions to contact uh, the Division of Wildlife or the Forest Service just to be sure because I don't want to give them misinformation. But, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people wish they had a stove during that that uh, that blizzard. Hypothetically, if I had built fires, I built a lot of them each day because it was fucking cold. Um, <laughs> <laughs> With spark arresters. <laughs> well, it got to the point. Like the, all the water was, like I said, froze. So Cody and I went down to that wall of where the tree stands are. Yeah. And I carved out a hole in the ice and then dropped that. He had a, he had a purifier and we dropped that, um, the pump and we dropped it down into the hole and pumped out four liters and put MSR aqua tabs in there. And it tasted fine. But guy, a lot of guys were like, Hey, why don't you boil snow? And I, I try not to be too much time of a smart ass takes a lot of fuel too, right? And so when you base your fuel off of, um, you know, the amount of days you're in there, there's not a lot of, bo- it takes a lot of fuel to boil snow. Um, so we did, had boiled snow the one day, but we don't boil it. We warm it up and then put aqua tabs in there or whatever. But um, I was like, hey, um, you know, if, some of these guys, I'm like, if you ever come out west and, you, you know, you have these bright ideas to boil snow, you need to have double the fuel that, like to to boil snow for let's say or or heat up snow for four liters will kill at least half a four ounce canister of fuel to to get it to liquid and those only last five to seven days from morning and evening if you're coffee and and I warm my hands up with it 
So I was like, well, yeah, guys, that seems like a real genius idea, but it takes fuel and it's fuel we don't fucking have. And so you really got to kind of weigh out what you've got and what makes sense and, you know, how long you can, you can last food wise and everything else. Like you can go, you don't have to have the stove if you have enough food or you can go without your dinners, you know, but I mean, there's, there's pros and cons. And plus, I mean, you're, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul when you start boiling snow and it sucks up fuel like crazy. So. And how much water do you get out of that anyway? Right. It's like maybe a fourth of it. Maybe, you know, I, I was going to do a video first a lot of, cause a lot of people were like, Hey mate, one guy from Australia, <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe a dumb question. Why the fuck aren't you boiling snow? And I'm like, okay, I could have taken and built a fire, but there was a burn ban and put my MSR cook pot in the, the fire and kept going, except there's a burn ban. Um, two, that thing's not the best in the world for melting snow, but you, you, you could have, um, in a survival situation or we could have used the fucking pump that we brought in, which is what we did. So why are you even asking the question? Like truly there's a lot, I wasn't mad at it, but I'm like, guys, you really need to think about what you're doing when you're back there. If you have a pump and a water source, do you want to go to the trouble of building a fire in a burn ban, which they I'm sure have a hard on for us. There may be a ticket written if, if we had a fire, uh, to, you know, depending upon where you're bu- burn- building the fire and everything else, it, it, it could be a problem as dry as Colorado is, but if you got a pump and you can pump water, then pump, pump water. Um, then you're not wasting any fuel or screwing anything up. I wish I would have brought a, um, what are those straws? Life straws. Mm-hmm. I did not have a life straw. My water sources were pretty limited this year, so I wish I would have had, had that. Um, I was... I had to use a that little spring by camp. This you know, last year it was it was fucking cranking. This year it was a trickle. So I had to use a, a the one way back there? Right by where where I camped. Yeah. It was like a little trickle, so I'd use a wrapper and I would just leave my uh MSR pot during the day <laughs> while I was gone. So when I got back at least I would have one one liter of water. water. Yeah. <laughs> but um I did end up drinking I had to you know, where I camped the year before where that pond was, I ended up drinking from that. That was pretty gross. I didn't have a pump or anything. There, there's there's like algae in there and, algae shit, and all kinds of shit. Yeah. I told that guy that was on the mules, I'm like, I've been drinking from that pond every once in a while. He's like, dude, you're a sick bastard. <laughs> I'm like, you got to do what you got to do, man. I'm not, I don't like dropping down into valleys to get to the creek. So I'll, mm. I'll make it work when I'm, where I'm at. And then well, and if that I drop have to. is long where yeah. you're at. Yeah. Uh, so. So this year I switched over from a, a pump filter to a gravity filter system with a quick disconnect for my water bladder. I loved it. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't used a, a gravity or anything like that in a while. I used to use a Sawyer quite a bit, but those are kind of only good for early season. I think, um, I'm getting messages. Guys have been asking me about, um, uh, the range finding binoculars and how the it's downgraded the glass and, um, it's downgraded. I mean, I've done the testing not to see a squirrel here, but there's definitely EL ranges are not as good as ELs. Um, Zeiss SFs are not as good as the RFs or the SFs. Yeah. yeah, are better than the RFs. Um, like is the same, and we we've had them all or or have them or had them all, and I think it's the coating um, is there's a lesser coating on the glass. Maybe it's what it is. I'm gonna have to get something smarter than me, but, uh, guys, have been, you know, asking a lot of questions on the range finding binos, standard binos and, and, uh, you know, so on and so forth. And, and 
I would say call the manufacturer to get the exact details, but I think it's the, the coating is different on the range finding series compared to the standard you know, series of binoculars. Um, but I just got another message about that. So looking at it, I don't, I think, um, on my end, the only thing I had going for me is I wore insulated boots on the, the, the snow days and, uh, Cody didn't. He lost feeling in his feet for six days. <laughs> oh. What? He had to go out early. I mean, I literally, Cody's tough. Like, I could tell he was he was in pain. And uh, I said, hey, dude, I'm going to stay a couple more days. You know, if you want to bounce, go ahead. I'm good. Um, he's like, man, I can't I can't feel my feet. Well, he got home, and two days later, he messaged me. He's like, dude, I still can't feel my feet. Um, Damn, and, really. Well, it was weird. What was that, Mr. Deeds? Yeah. Remember what he has, toe. the black foot? <laughs> he's black like, foot, yeah. go ahead and stab my foot. Oh, yeah. Well, I, when it's that cold early like i had brought enough clothing and thermals and everything else but it was painful i mean that first night we got in um cody went one way and i hooked around another and i got into a group of um multiple bulls a whole herd but it's a fucking blizzard i could barely see and i had this you know 24 inch main beam raghorn wander in front of me as i'm calling looking around because he couldn't see shit either right? i mean i couldn't visibility was like 20 yards and so i can see brown blotches and shit moving in front of me well i'm trying to keep my hand warm for my release my tab and so i've got my bow under my armpit with my left hand in my pocket holding it and my right hand on a hot hand with my tab and then when i think something's coming i'm unfuckulating a situation trying to get the bow out and i've got a couple minutes for at least feeling in my fingers because it literally the one morning it was 11 i don't know how cold it got that night midday i think it got up to 19 or 20 um it was pretty miserable if i do it again i probably would have just stayed home for those days (laughs) um pretty bad we were into elk every day we were tracking them it was easy to track obviously but the other thing we had a lot was moose seven seven different bulls total coming through that valley through camp like i filmed the one walked right by the tent um mike and i got into two bulls and everybody's talking about how big the bull was we took video of his buddy that was with him was way bigger than him, like pushing 200 inch Shiras, like as big as Shiras get. Uh, and they were hanging out together. And as soon as they split up, you could just hear them echoing up the valley, just mmm, mmm, grunting. So it, the rut was definitely on for moose, but I saw more, more moose than elk. That's for sure. As far as big bulls. <laughs> Maybe you should have shot one and said it was an accident. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Turned into a cow. It's the biggest elk I've ever killed. Yeah. Well, we should probably talk a little bit about what's going on at Kafaru since uh, the website's currently down and all the things that we're working on. Um, obviously, if people figured out, David, we've hi- hired David DeAustin to, what's your technical title be? Content creator? Yeah, I'm not sure. You can make up your own. Make up your own. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Content master. <Yeah>. Master baiter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, just to get more content up, we're, we're kind of opening up. We're not opening. We are building an archery range in here for uh, technical videos, things like that. David's going to get new photos of all the different uh, products for the website and as well as the cameraman for our hunts, which um, I think you're going to go on the mule deer hunt with me um, with, with Nestor. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Have you met Nestor yet? I don't think so. Your stomach will hurt. He's a funny fucker. Yeah, he's um, pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then we're updating or upgrading to a new website with some um, other upgrades and software, but there was a glitch in the matrix. So the website's actually 
down right now. You have to call in to make a, a phone order. But the, the goal is to get down to five-day ship times, which probably won't happen until 2021, I would bet. But we're, we're working on it. We've had to reinvent the wheel a, a little bit on, on different procedures that have been followed here for years that we're trying to, to break as far as getting the ship times down and, you know, have the quality up, which Anders is doing a great job with, with that. We have been pissing away money like crazy to build up the inventory, which was a little bit alarming because we've never done that before to people that were used to not building it up that much, but we've been really working on that, which is good. Um, it's been interesting so far. Frank, you have any comments? Frank's more the adult than I am. So, no, I mean, it's just, it's been good. It's been a, a process of learning, which everyone's learning. Yeah. Anders and uh, the guys in shipping are just, and the ladies are killing it back there. They're actually doing a really good job. They uh, had a big hole to dig themselves out of or dig all of us out of um, just kind of around the coronavirus thing and the sale of the company. And they're actually, they've just started to uh, catch up on fulfillment time. So fulfillment dates, getting smaller, inventory numbers getting higher. Um, <clears throat> Kaylee took over customer service in place of Onder. She's she's doing a great job along with the rest of the customer service crew. So I think uh, it's definitely been a, a process of learning and, and growing. And uh, Mackenzie and, and the production team, there, <laughs> they're doing a great job. So, yeah, overall, it's uh, we are extremely busy, and we appreciate everyone's support and understanding. But yeah, it's, it's getting better and it will keep, continue to get better. And I'm excited to see where the company goes, especially with the additions of the new employees and people like David. And, um, I said it in the last podcast, we have, we've, we've said it for a long time. We've always wanted to hire somebody like David and we got the real thing now. So yep. no pressure, but don't <laughs> fuck up. No, don't just kidding. Fuck up. <laughs> we may actually, we may hire Jerry, the Shaw. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We were talking to him. Last week, because one thing we are really bad at here is updating and creating content constantly, videos and tech tips. And we do podcasts, but I don't know if I had a dollar for every time somebody asked me to do a tuning video, I could probably go buy a protein bar or something. So like just crap like that, um, I think will be good. And, and and now we'll have you to, to do it all the time. Yeah, I'm excited to see how the film co- turns out for the elk hunt. And then, uh, yeah, the I think uh, mule deer hunting film for out there out east that'd be really cool it's a that's a really really sweet hunt a lot of big monster bucks and i think you get some badass content from that and like i said just this this winter we can do predator hunts and um people should definitely chime in on what they want to see during the off season as well yeah whether it be hunting and tech tips or whatever but i still have a bunch of hunts left i'm gonna go help phelps on uh his his uh goat hunt and then i've got that mule deer hunt out east and then uh, I got a hunt in Alaska if that doesn't get shut down. And then um, Mississippi with Levi. Yep. And then uh, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas for whitetail. And then uh, our dad, I'm going to help Scott uh, guide our dad hunters quite a bit. And um, who knows what I'll shoot while I'm down there. Um, you never know with Texas. It's a little crazy. Um, but I think I'm going to try and go down there a little bit early and mule deer hunt for a few days and then and then hunt whitetails but kind of excited about running those pigs with dogs again and they bring the spear (laughs) pretty badass uh those guys are cool as cool as shit too but what's nice is we can hunt uh oklahoma and texas uh stay in the same place it's not that far on the border or whatever so we can drive back and forth and kind of bounce back and forth for that and um i think i'm helping 
Uh, I think I'm helping guide a couple mule deer hunters. It's down kind of in the Davis Mountains, so it's actually pretty cool um, hunting. I got I got Amy a tag for for down there, which will be cool um, for mule deer. And then I've got that hunt with Big Chino Outfitters for mule deer. Um, oh shit! I met them. At you should TAC. film. You should film that one. Yeah, yeah. If you want to come down, it's in um, Arizona, right? Yeah, New Mexico. Oh, okay. Fuck, I don't Same know. Same thing, dude. They just said they have big deer and. I was like, yeah, I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, it's been interesting for sure. Um, anything else for report from you guys? We're going to have a sale <clears throat> in October. Oh, um, shit. I forgot. It's going to be a quote unquote garage sale. Just uh, give us some room. We're, uh, we're running out of storage space, so we need to uh, make some room. We got a bunch of stuff that we'd like to sell. Um, Dana will have more details on social media, but it's a lot of our. Uh, a lot of a uh, Highlander and Wolf Gray stuff, I think. Yeah, I think that um, there there's going to be blims and cutthroats and oh, there'll be I think there's going to be hip quivers and a bunch of different packs. Yeah, there'll be a ton of stuff. So it won't be four or five items. There'll be a pile of different stuff for the garage sale. So definitely food truck coming by, live music. We got a stripper coming. Out of the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got everything. Bounce house wet t-shirt contest that's funny i that cody palacious dude he's a funny little fat dude <laughs> <laughs> he's just said another meme uh he sent some funny ones how many times is luke gonna have nestor on the podcast that's my question i think he i think uh alex needs to come out with his own podcast or they, they need to team up it. i think they're talking i don't know he yeah. likes to podcast yeah he definitely seems to like to podcast yeah yeah they need to not drink so much by the way, I started taking edibles to sleep. I got to say I'm a fan. Um, <laughs> I've never smoked pot in my life, right? I've never done, well, other than steroids, I've never done a, a drug, never even tried them. And so um, Mike Hearn was telling me, you know, Vietnam vet, do whatever. Like he's had to take all these different pills to sleep. He started eating edibles. And so like immediately my brain's like, I really need to to sleep. So Amy went and bought gummies and then some kind of chocolate bar thing. The gummy kind of worked, but the, I don't know, sleeping six and a half hours consistently. And I never, like, dude, it's three, four hours of sleep for me. So I'm, I got to say, I'm a fan so far. Um, I, uh, I mean, you don't feel like goofy. I just eat them about an hour later. I'm tired. I go to sleep. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, so far, so good, though. Uh, you know, for me, have you ever tried them, Frank? Yeah. Did you get goofy or? Yeah. So these are, <laughs> these are sleepy ones. I guess they're made just to help you sleep. There's, I don't, I'm not, even though my dad's a pothead, I'm not a pot expert. Um, but I guess there's different strains. Um, there's just that always that, uh, that standard story that people say about edibles. So like you, you take whatever they take one and they're like, Oh fuck, this isn't shit. And you take another one and another one. And then about an hour later, they're like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I just, they're these little cube, chocolate things and i ate two of them and i we'll see how it goes it's only four or five yeah four or five days but considering i was popping three benadryl and looking at becoming an alcoholic to try and help me sleep um i'm just kidding for who all the doctors that are going to message me about that i just can't rest my brain i wake up and i Generally, it's looking like I'm in REM sleep for like two and a half hours and 45 minutes to an hour of deep sleep. That's on my watch tracker. I don't know what any of that shit means, but I'm definitely sleeping better. So, yeah, I think it's becoming more common. I listen to uh, 
Joe Rogan every once in a while and he's got people that do the same, can't sleep and they take the edibles and it helps them out a lot. And it, it's like guys that have been prescribed all kinds of um, prescription drugs for sleep and it just never helped them. And then they took the edibles and it helped them a lot. I think that uh, hel- helicopter pilot guy, the guy that won um, Medal of Honor or something, I can't remember his name. Uh, you mean from Black Hawk Down? No, I don't know. I can't remember his name. He, he had him. He was having trouble sleeping. He started yeah. taking edibles and it helped him out a lot as well. It's it's weird because Amy, I'm like um, the, you know, the CBD is supposed to help you sleep and it didn't, but the edibles do. And then uh, Ambient doesn't do shit to me. And then I was taking Percocet um, to try and I, I took a Percocet and drank three beers and oh my didn't God. do shit, right? <laughs> That's what Amy was like. You should be fucking comatose uh, and I'm watching. It, it, it made me stay awake. And really. so I think everybody's body's a little bit different. Mine's unique. So hopefully I found something to help me sleep it seems to be working probably um, the best for your body anyway something more natural i took adderall on a turkey blind once not a good idea um that make you i fucking look like a what do they call what are those mongooses in the blind you could hear grass growing <laughs> looking around the yeah. fucking, one window to another like yeah i was focused all right in a little uh, six foot by six foot box yeah. um I guess that stuff helps you kind of mental focus or pay attention more. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. My buddy had one. I'm like, yeah, I'll try it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a good idea in a turkey pot. <laughs> what? That's funny. Oh, shit. Well, we should probably get off here. Um, I hadn't done a podcast in a while. I was getting hounded, so I figured we should probably do we one. We should get Luke down here. I want to hear the story of, of how he killed his deer. He's funny. Uh, he came in here. He showed it to me. It was like just a, it was like a big um, two-pointer. And... Uh, I was like, dude, that's awesome, man. How far? He's like 20 yards. And then um, later on, Roman, uh, the the yeah. sign guy, he he messages me. He's like, dude, this was an awesome hunt, 60 yards. I'm like, dude, I know the real story, you lying bastards. Oh. He's like, well, it sounded it sound better at 60. Uh-huh. I'm like, to me, it sounds cooler at 20. 20 but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Where was that at, by his house? I think wherever that property he's been hunting. Yeah. So yeah. that's good for him. You can't man. do a lot of video there because it's right by the highway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anders was telling me the other day, he's like, yeah, I, I saw that video um, Luke posted in his tree stand that you can hear the highway right behind him. Yeah, it's literally like 400 yards off the highway up the hill. I mean, it doesn't bother me any. Um, I Well, Amy, actually, we're talking about this because you're going to take Amy out tomorrow. I don't know if you're going to go or not, but so Amy's never been on a – my wife's a trophy hunter. It's funny. Right? She hasn't hardly killed shit. And – uh I'm like, hey, we can just drive up and down this this road, and then we can watch them come to the road. We'll just ambush them. She's like, well, I don't want to shoot a doe. And I'm like, oh, what? Because you shot so much. Final shit. countdown right yeah. now. You're down to three days. And so we went out yesterday, and uh, we did the the typical. I've got 15s and the spotter, and um, I'm. It's funny because she doesn't know, right? She's like, that deer's looking at us, and I'm like, that deer is a thousand yards away. It is not looking at us. I promise. <laughs> yeah. You know, but she doesn't know. She's like, no, it's looking right at us. And I'm like, no, it's not. I'm like, we can do somersaults over here. It's it's a thousand yards. Like, well, there was multiple bucks, but in that group there were seven. And there was two in the one forties. And uh, I'm like, honey, those are those are perfect. And I'm telling her, like, watching the shade of of where they're where they're heading, there's shaded areas. I'm like, they're gonna bed in one of those spots and all of them are good to to get in there with the wind and shoot them. And a hiker came through and it blew them out and they went you know quite a ways and uh, i'm like well we can still get over there but it's it's an unknown because they went up and over into these aspens i'm like i'm sure they're bedding in those aspens but it's not 
it's a, it's a low possibility of, of, of a shot that has to get over there because we can't see where they're bedded. Well, we had a three point below us and I'm like, why don't we just go shoot that? And she's like, I really want to shoot a bigger one. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you've been <laughs> watching Instagram too much, which is good. Whatever. Right. I was just like, honey, you know, until you get more trigger time, you should probably just shoot, you know, whatever, whatever you can. And then on the way out, we, we went, um, kind of cut cross country, uh, to the highway. And then I, I was just going to leave her on the highway, hike up, get the truck and then come back and get her. And four deer stood up and I'm like, Oh, there's deer. She's like, are they bucks or does? And I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, good Lord, honey. So anyway, Frank, um, are you going to take David? Hey. What do you got going on tomorrow? Just uh, shooting packs. So David's probably going to go to, um, they're going to go and try and get Amy, a a deer, which will probably be better than I'm not there anyway. You're more calming than I am. I get pretty excited. Um, <laughs> But it's a good spot. There's a bunch of deer in there. So I might have Ryu get a tag for that. Oh, now? For next year. Oh, nice. Yeah, for whatever, because it doesn't take really anything to draw it. But there's a lot of deer in there, but there's a lot of hikers. When we went down, you know, it's a couple hours from the house. We There was like 400 vehicles in the one spot. And uh, I was hikers? like, hikers and mountain bikers. I was like, holy shit, I'm glad we didn't come here this morning because I went to a different spot and Colorado's just over populated with people when it comes to outdoorsy people. I, I I mean literally the the main parking lot, which is huge, was so full there was hundred and fifty yards of vehicles on the highway park beside. Damn. Um, yeah, it's pretty yeah. wild. So it'll probably be better for you because you're taking going in on not a weekend. So but but yeah, hopefully she doesn't get lost and can lay out where we were. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> you've been in there so you got a decent idea <laughs> yeah, how we'll find something yeah uh lord but yeah i'm gonna backpack in tonight and hopefully i'll be calling you guys to come give me a hand i'm not sure if i'm gonna start above tree line or what i'm gonna do there's elk in there i just i need to get one screaming his head off i can just sneak in and shoot but it's already fall in the high country there is the leaves are ever it's fucking loud um like trying to sneak in on anything is just not happening there's too many leaves on the ground and you know, when I say sneak in, meaning you can get closer, but as far as like creeping in when it's quiet, where a bull's bugling out of his bed, it just ain't, it's fucking loud where I'm at. It's dry. Like it's bad. So we will see what happens until Wednesday. And then I don't know when we're going to go out with Nestor sometime in the next couple of weeks. Oh, that's in October, October hunt. First two weeks of October. Yeah. Oh, I figured sick. we just all go out there and yeah, find some around. freaking monsters out there. Yeah. Well, I told uh, Alex, I was like, I said, how, you know, cause he's, I'm, I'm fine with shooting just one of his cold bucks. Right. And I, he was like, and I said, how, how big a deer do you want me to shoot or go after? I said, and how much do you want us to promote this? Um, cause obviously he's our buddy, but he owns eco or whatever, uh, his, his guiding and outfitting operation. And, uh, and we help him out there. Frank's guided for him before we, we help him out there. Um, I'm like, if you want David to make a video, I mean, we, yeah, you'll get plenty of publicity, right? I said, it's up to you, dude. I'm fine with just shooting a nasty ass old four by four. I don't even give a shit at whatever. So we'll see who knows. We could be on, they kill some, they've killed a couple two thirty, two fifties out there. Dude, so. every year. Yeah. Giants. Yeah. We've seen that big one. Ones. Remember that big, we saw this monster bucket. It looked like a tree root. Like one antler was like this and one was down. I don't know how it grew. It just got all fucked up. It grew straight down. <clears throat> that thing was ginormous. That was like that 250 he's talking about. It was about. 41 inches wide yeah, like we, when they killed it. Yeah. yeah, we saw it in person Yeah, on the hoof. Yeah, it was big. That was during an archery uh, antelope was when we were watching it. Ended up getting killed by a neighbor. Yeah. 
Yeah. That is one. I did kill an antelope, thank God. That was <laughs> my two goals. One was to shoot an antelope and one was to shoot a bigger elk. I'm Dude, speaking of antelope, I, for me, that's like the hardest animal I've ever spot and stock hunted. Or at least, it, I don't know, maybe the area. I freaking, uh, I shot a fence one day. <laughs> it was like on the other side of a fence. I'm like, I know I'm going to hit this top top wire of this fence. I shot anyway, fucking hit the fence. The arrow did a front flip over the fence. That antelope were just like, they ran like 10 yards and they're looking at the fence like, what the hell was that? Yeah, why is this fence yelling at us? Hit a fence. I had one come in, walking towards me at like 50 yards. I, I did the the sound that fucking scared the shit out of him. He ran, ran probably an extra 20 yards. I shot underneath that one. So my antelope season was shit. I had a good tag too. I just got lucky with mine and the horse thing panned out. We need to get that video posted up. It's pretty funny. We're pied mine horses. It it worked, but yeah, the antelope out dead. I'd be interested to see what you think with the out dead deal. Like with a gun, it's kind of like antelope. It's grocery shopping. I mean, it's, you know, you kill a giant in a day with a, with the, with the bow, just the terrain. I mean, it's a, it's unique. I mean, I bet. Well, on my watch, I put on 43,000 steps that one day when I was making jokes with Scott of him running out of fuel. Like, I felt horrible. Literally, come get me. Come get me. Like, every stop, you know, I'm texting him, come get me. And he's like, you know, Scott, he's chillest dude in the world. He's like, well, man, you eventually get one of these son bitches. And I'm <laughs> <laughs> fucking 400 miles. I don't know how many 40, 43,000 fucking steps is, but... We spot him from the truck and he dropped me off and it could be anywhere from 400 to a thousand yards and I'd loop around. And I mean, it was all day I was stalking animals. And then finally, cause Renfret was with us and, and Amy and that morning I killed mine. I shot one bigger than the one I killed in the fucking horn. Um, I, I snuck into like 26 yards and there was mesquite and I'm like, I should be able to arc it right over the top of this mesquite. No, I did not. And Scott, there's a nocturnal, green sticking out of the bait scott's like god damn him he shot that motherfucker in the horn <laughs> and i'm like fuck so you know and i'm sure we're gonna get hate mail because we're laughing about this but it was funny i mean yeah i didn't want to shoot one in the horn um when you see him fight it's a hell of a lot worse than taking a broadhead on the side of the dome but or the horn but finally um you know on that they they i told scott drive the truck around because they were in the middle of this field and push them into the canyons and my fat ass ran as fast as I could when they pushed into those canyons. And I was lucky enough I ran ahead of them and I saw one you coming. And I'm like, well, man, that's got to be the herd. And I looked to my right and there was a water hole. I'm like, Maybe they're coming down here. And I waited. And then next thing you know, I had all of them around me. And I shot that thing about from me to Frank. And uh, they smelled so bad. I always found it. Um, the herd went right. He went left. But he he did a, a, a hook and got to get, went back with the herd. Well, the wind was blowing, you know, in my face. And I literally was like crossing a wall. I was like, ooh, I think that's my, I, 100 yards, I walked right to it. I mean, they smell a little bit like skunk, a little bit like antelope, and a little bit like rutting mule deer. It's kind of <laughs> unique. They do not smell great. I sent some uh, out dad to Rogan. Oh, uh, really? Burger. Yeah, he, he liked it. it. Yeah, he liked it. Yeah, the burger. Um, problem is with the steak, you really need to tenderize it or something. Yeah, because it's like eating leather. Yeah, it's not. We made burger out of the whole thing. My antelope, my dog ate most of my antelope. Those dogs like deer and elk and mule deer. Really? And antelope. <laughs> well, they eat so much. I don't think we can keep feeding them wild game. Like, so they eat, each of them eat about three or four pounds a day. 
and they're only 12 weeks old now and they're 48 pounds. Um, dude, they're the coolest dogs in the world. They're funny. They lay around and lick you and they wrestle around, but they eat a lot. And, uh, so like we ground up the bad cuts of the antelope. It was gone in four days. They ate it that fast. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. They like antelope, <laughs> but anyhow, all right, well, we should probably get off cause I'm going to go try and shoot an elk and I got some other adulting to do, but. David, you like it in here so far? Love it. Love it. Are you just saying that because we're here? Or? No, it's, it's <laughs> you fucking lie to us. <laughs> uh, no, I've been having a great time. That's good. Well, none of us are micromanagers, so that's good. You can pretty much do whatever you want, which I personally prefer. That's what I told him. I said, the world's your oyster and you're yeah. a peacock. <laughs> Spread <laughs> your wings you and fly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no shit. So, well, yeah, we're happy to have you, man. Yep, yeah. for sure. So, all right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully the next podcast we do, something will be dead. Uh, and not me, but an elk. <laughs>